This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their backstory, get the most important lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew Metal. Welcome to the Action and Ambition podcast. I'm your host today, Chase Geyser. And with us, we have a very special guest. Mike Pace is the manager at Contour Design, and he's helped successfully launch over 30 ergonomic products into the corporate B2B space and strives to make a positive impact on office workers' health and well-being daily. He currently holds a CEAS ergonomic certification and is currently, excuse me, and is always looking for new ways to spread the gospel of ergonomics to business and industry leaders alike. Mike, it is an honor and a pleasure to have you with us on the Action and Ambition podcast. How are you today, sir? Great, Chase. Thank you so much for having me. Really looking forward to getting a platform to thump my ergonomic Bible on, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So how did you get into this space? Did you like get in a motorcycle accident and then, you know, just <laughs> want, to, want to find the perfect chair? <laughs> No, no, actually, it was... What if that was actually things. it? <laughs> that would be so funny, right? Like, oh, yeah, no, well, I was I was, uh, I was, para- paragliding through the cliffs and I broke <laughs> right. my wrist. Uh, no, actually, honestly, it kind of came about, I was, you know, got out of college and had a brief stint, you know, working for a, like a logistics manager for a phone company down in Florida. And I'm like, well, this, this isn't it. That is not it for me. Um, but I knew I wanted to do something at the end of the day that helps people. Right. Like that was always my kind of ambition. No matter what I did, I wanted to make sure I was in at least in an industry where the end goal is, of course, we're profit driven. You know, we're we're a company. We have to keep the doors open. But the end goal is to help people. Uh, I've always been that way. And you know, I get a lot of that from my grandfather. Um, he was like the CFO for Goodwin Proctor for a really long time. And you know, despite his status, he was constantly giving back. He used to do things like the uh it's called the walk for hunger in Boston, where, you know, you kind of donate to people to walk a certain amount of miles. And then he, he wasn't the one doing the donations, though, even though he was a CFO of Goodwood Proctor, he was the one doing the walking. He always volunteered for the beach cleanup crews, you know, on the side of the road, picking up trash. So I really got that from him that I always wanted to make sure that no matter what I do, it's, it's for the greater good and it, it's to help people. So that was always kind of my thought process. And finding Contour was really serendipitous, honestly. Tell me a little bit about Contour. Is it all sorts of ergonomic products or is it primarily chairs? I want to hear about what the like what the um the main product was that made yeah. the company successful and also some of the new things that you're doing because I sit at my desk constantly. I've rearranged my office a million times. I've tried a million different oh, yeah. chairs and I'm always having a hard time being comfortable. I get bruises on my wrists for if I use my mouse for too long because <laughs> I choose the hard surface, stuff like that. So tell me all about it, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, well, wow, you're talking to the right guy. Um, the contour <laughs> is, <laughs> we, we're a very, I mean, niche isn't as specific of a word. We're almost hyper niche, right? Because ergonomics themselves are our niche. 
we do one thing inside the ergonomic space and one thing only ergonomic computer mice right i mean our our mm -hmm. whole goal as a company is to change the way we interact as a species with computers right um the biggest thing for us is that you know we see the way the computer and the mouse and the keyboard are set up and like think about the original you know apple computer that came out in the mid 80s and 90s you look at how much everything else has changed right your desktops or laptops have gotten smaller and thinner your monitors have gotten way larger you know way wider there's three or four of them at a time if you look at a mouse from the 80s you look at a mouse from today they're kind of the same thing like there hasn't yeah, really been thing much. was the ball versus the laser yes oh man that was like I, when that happened that was like uh, the whole Changed world everything. came to a screeching hall yeah you didn't have to take the ball out every other week and spray the the compressed air in there to clean it out that right. was amazing yeah um when, when we started the whole idea was and actually our founder um worked in the CAD world and once CAD all went digital you know the computer um the the mm -hmm. the, the design the design software once that like went architectural all digital stuff right architectural software yes so once that went all digital he started to notice that a lot of people that he worked with were getting carpal tunnel like at a much more frequent rate because it's so mouse intensive and he's like okay well this is not sustainable if this is the way the world's going where we're going to be chained to our computers you know eight days a week uh, five or sorry, eight hours a day, five days a week. It's not yeah, going to be you're something just the Beatles that... band for a second there. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I am. But aside from the point, um, <laughs> it's not something that's going to be sustainable, you know. So he decided to go out and make a ergonomically designed mouse that kind of mitigates the risk factors of all these issues, and that kind of went through a few different evolutions. And we now make our core product is called the Volar Mouse. If you haven't seen it before. It's one of those things you look at it the first time, and honestly, your first thought is, what the hell is this thing? Uh, it doesn't look anything like a computer mouse, which, fun fact, did you know why they named the mouse the mouse? No, I thought it was just the tail. It looks kind of like a it, mouse. It, yes, it, that you are very correct at how literal that naming happened. Um, I guess they thought it was better than calling it a computer rodent, but still, rat. it's not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, computer rat. It's not the. It's not honestly the the most appealing name when you think about it. But our mouse really doesn't resemble a mouse at all. It, it sits in front of the keyboard. Um, it allows you to kind of vary posture, use both hands, and our our goal is to kind of create that symbiotic relationship between the keyboard and the mouse. So you're not doing all this unnecessary reaching and putting yourself in yeah, a looking at it right now it looks position crazy and looking. posture i know right it, it's you have no idea how it works just from the first impression right it's just like what is, is it like thing? a trackpad close close so there's a little bar at the top that kind of rolls and slides and it allows um users to a not have to actively grip uh, a mouse which is something that is you know uh, one of the biggest contributing factors to carpal tunnel and it also allows you to kind of vary your posture which is something that's huge in the world of ergonomics right it's it's making sure that you're not doing the same thing over and over in the ergonomics world uh the injuries that are caused by you know poor posture are called rsis repetitive strain injuries and we always say we need to take the repetitive out of RSI and then you solve the problem. So having that ability to vary the posture and use both hands while mousing is is huge for us. Um, but right now we're we're kind of really focusing on those products and trying to uh, get the awareness out there that there is a better way to mouse. And, and what you've been using since the 80s isn't necessarily the most uh, 
ergonomic friendly, especially in the long term for people, because you don't get to take you leave your pain with you when you clock out for the day, right? If you got a wrist mm-hmm. problem, it's going to come home. You're going to feel it when you're chopping vegetables, and making dinner. Um, and it's one of those things where we're just working on getting that that um, you know awareness out there and educating people because in the U.S. we are very behind uh, a lot of other countries in the world. Interesting. So. I come from an audio engineering background. That's what I studied in college. And a lot of the okay. audio engineers, since they do so much editing work, they use um, the giant rollerball mm-hmm. uh, mouse, ball. Which, the trackball one, you know, the huge one. It's like the size of a, you know, like a pool ball almost. And then yep. um, uh, obviously the trackpad is something that Apple has sold. Um, oh, yeah. But I do a lot of intensive gaming and I do a lot of intensive editing. And I mean, I'm, I'm the type of guy that when I use a mouse on my keyboard, on my right. computer, rather, I have it. I have the settings set to max sensitivity, and I'm fast. So, yep. w- can you tell me a little bit about speed and usability of this? Is I mean, is it something that you know, after a week of using it, you can just do be lightning fast, or is 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 it not designed for that? Oh yeah, no, it it, it definitely is. We actually so are we're actually in the midst of of you know improving some of our older models and, and getting their specs up to keep up with some of the larger and more mm-hmm. um you know hd um screens um you know when when we first were in business it was a 13 inch monitor that had you know like 30 dpi <laughs> and now we're right. working off 50 50k or 50 inch 4k monitors um but no all of our products are all are variable in the um the dpi settings as we call them the cursor speed um, mm-hmm. You can you can easily navigate three to four monitors with our products when you are, as we call it, fluent in the roller mouse. Um, it definitely takes a little getting used to. I mean, it's a completely sure, new way of think. working. Yeah, of course. Um, but once you get there, you know, you start slow. You're clicking and dragging around. You know, play a game of solitaire or something to really, you know, really feel like you're you're getting used to it. But as you get into it and start to speed up and and use higher DPIs. Honestly, I, I, you know, I don't have a stopwatch, but I feel like I am so much more productive because I'm not stopping typing to then reach for a mouse, go drag, click, go back to typing. It's all right at my fingertips. There's so there's no wasted movements. There's no wasted motion. Um, And it really does at the end of the day, I think help speed up workflows. Uh, And actually I, so I'm funny enough, I went to school for uh, part of my education was video editing. Uh, so I have a background in that. And let me tell you, especially, you know, from your standpoint, you know, you know all about timelines and timeline manipulation. Mm-hmm. Once you once you get good with, with our products, you are cruising around. Um, cool. You know, I use, yeah, I use Adobe Premiere and I, I can navigate that thing lickety split compared to a regular old mouse and keyboard. Well, I imagine there's a huge market for this sort of thing among musicians like piano players and guitar players and stuff who are really sensitive about not developing arthritis or carpal tunnel long term from computer use. Yeah, that's the thing that we're and this is where we're kind of you know woefully behind European countries when it comes to education. I think I don't think a lot of people realize the damage you can do to your your hands and what that means for your life outside of work, right? I mean you sit there you're using a mouse all day every day and it's not something where it's it's not as um in the health and safety world it's not as sexy as a manufacturing industry where we're talking about someone's you know toes getting run over by a dump truck or something like that's a very immediate very um sensational kind of injury ours is like death by a thousand clicks you know you you (laughs) that's a great line you use that line 
I hope you use I, that it, line in your marketing. We've been we've been batting it around internally, but uh, this, you you just I, I own an advertising it, agency. So. You got to use that. You got to use that. <laughs> Fine. Well, that's. I guess I got to get a trademark on that quickly, then, huh? Uh, um, yes. No, we've been we've been talking about that internally, but uh, you know, I wanted to make sure that we saved it for a for a good opportunity to bust it out for the first time. for the Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, seriously though, that's what happens when you're using our mouse. It's it's or when you're using a mouse, it's a continual buildup of stress and strain over time that eventually comes to a head through like numbness, tingling, pain, you know, and then full-blown carpal tunnel. And people don't realize that it's once you have it, it doesn't go away. It's not like a a a, a, a pulled, you know, calf muscle where you just don't walk for a couple of weeks and you're fine. Like it has to be surgery and sometimes the surgery doesn't really work and it's really invasive and it's not cheap and you lose a lot of time from work and then it can always come back because once you have it, it you're more likely to you know re-injure yourself so we're really trying to make sure we educate people on the the need for preventative instead of reactive because right now in america it's very much like ooh, i am injured i need to fix this instead of, man, I don't want to hurt myself. I should probably get the right equipment for the job. Uh, we're trying to shift that conversation in the U S and uh, no small task. That's for sure. So obviously there've been a lot of changes in the way that we create content and use technology, mm -hmm. especially in the last 15 years, more and more of my day to day is done on the phone. Uh, I know that for mm -hmm. a while Apple was really pushing to sort of sell the iPad as an alternative to even having a computer, right? There's accessories you can buy for the iPad where you can set it up like a computer monitor and, and hook up a Bluetooth keyboard, for example. So mm -hmm. my question for you, and I'm just trying to cont contextualize it is, what do you think the future is of cursor-based interfaces uh, altogether? I don't think they're ever going to go away. Uh, I mean, and I agree with you. I mean, I do so much from my phone as well. And I think it is something that helps accelerate productivity, but I don't think it's going to fully be able to, to reduce the need for cursors and computers. I mean, I've worked off an iPad before, um, begrudgingly. Not that I don't like iPads, but it's just when you're when you're trying to work off spreadsheets, or you're trying to do something that's a little more technical that requires that level of precision that a touchscreen just can't give you. Um, it's frustrating, and I don't think the technology is there, and I don't know if it will ever be there to be able to you know as quickly work with either your finger or some sort of stylus for certain tasks. Certainly not like the you know the creative markets. Uh, graphic design, editing, that kind of stuff. I don't think you're ever going to see um, the mouse fully go away there or a cursor control device. Um, but even like in the, the accounting world, I, I can't imagine our accounts payable team trying to work off an iPad to go through 10,000 line items on a spreadsheet, sort them. I can't even imagine looking, them. At a, looking at a spreadsheet at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lucky you, man, because that's that half my life. Um, no, but it's, it's one of those things where I don't think I think all of those tools will be great to help accelerate productivity in certain aspects, but I don't think unless we get to the point where that Elon Musk company was at the Neuralink, you know, until mm. we can control a computer with our minds, I, I don't think we're going to ever lose the need for that, that cursor based um, way of computing, just because it, it, the level of precision you get is, is going to be higher than anything you can get with a touchscreen. I think you guys should get on shark tank. <laughs> oh this man, would be an awesome that would be pitch funny. to Shark Tank. Can you imagine? 
I guess, you know, I, I, we've actually, um, we didn't, I thought you even uh, need to, but no, you know, just, I, this is the kind years, of product that everybody would be like, Whoa, you know, this is so much Whoa, cooler than the crazy. squatty potty. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, squatty potty. Uh, they, they had some pretty fun ads back in the day though. I remember seeing that and be like, wow, they put that on the internet, huh? Um, yeah. It's yeah. it's hey credit to them they caught a lot of people's attention. Um, we actually shits. <laughs> yep, yep. That's you like it. <laughs> that you should be a pitch man because that would get you somewhere. I don't know if far is the right word, but definitely somewhere. <laughs> oh, that was great. Um, no, we actually I met. Um, we were doing South by Southwest technology show one year, and we actually met like, a rep for Mark Cuban and Shark Tank. And they're like, you guys should be on the show. And we kind of looked into it, and the, the requirements were were a little out of you know, what we were yeah, wanting and willing yes. to do at the time. But it would be great. I mean, hey, even even if I went up there planning on rejecting every single offer, just getting the be able to spread the word of ergonomics would be something that would be great on a national yeah, scale. Yeah, we would like $1 billion in exchange for 1% of our company. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just give them a ludicrous offer. How about you just give wow. us two million dollars and we just give you some free products? How's that? That sounds good. Good. <laughs> so, what's it. what would you say is one thing that you know now that you wish you would have known when you started in this specific role? Ooh, well, specifically for in the ergonomics world because I was so new to it at the time, and you know, it, it's such a small tight-knit industry um not understanding why other people couldn't see it the way we saw it was something that really hindered me in my first couple of years of my career because instead of figuring out ways to to educate people it was like mostly just like this is so simple why don't you guys understand this why is it people listening to me i felt like one of those right, uh, like the urgency of the problem because right it takes years to develop it's like okay you know maybe later yeah, exactly. I, I felt like I was, um, you know, you always see if you've ever been to Vegas walking down the street, there's always that guy on the sidewalk just screaming to nobody about the, you know, we're all going to hell and you got to repent to Jesus. I felt like that guy, like screaming into the void. Like you guys, right? How, how do you not see how important this is? This is something that, you know, your workers' livelihoods and your livelihood is kind of at stake here. And once you get down this path, there's really no coming back from it. And I, it is because I was, you know, trying to be an evangelist of our product. And I think it really kind of set me back a little bit because instead of going with and understanding the market and the needs of it, I was fighting the current, you know, and just, just dumbfounded, you know, slack jawed at, at why people weren't understanding or picking up on this. And it finally took me a little while to realize, you know, okay, we need to take a different approach. We need to educate people. They obviously aren't going to understand it if we're just screaming it at them. Let's figure out how we can make it meaningful to them and in their worlds. So does everyone else at the office have to use it or do you ever catch somebody using a traditional mouse? No, nobody has to use it. Everyone chooses to use it. <laughs> You're fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. What'd you get Under threat for? of termination. You were, no, you... you were only there for six months. What happened? I was using an original mouse. <laughs> Using a launch attack. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> we we um we don't make everyone use it, but I think everybody here, and this kind of goes to show just I mean, we're a small and close-knit team, but everybody here gets it. You know, either they've shown up and they've been in the ergo world before and they understand it, or 
you know, once we kind of open their eyes, um, not in like a cult kind of way. I mean, it's not like a Heaven's Gate situation here where we're, you know, awakening <laughs> people to these truths. But um, once they kind of see, like, if you know, we have a couple sales reps who are traditional sales rep, not ergo and not in the ergo world. And once we kind of like went through our marketing materials with them and kind of told them, you know, the pitches and why, and they're like, wow, that's, that's crazy. That can really happen to you. I'm like, yeah, it happens a lot. You don't have any times we have people saying, hey, thanks, you saved my job or you saved my career. Um, I think they were like, okay, cool. So so I can get these products to use for free, right? And like, yeah, of course. <laughs> so um, it's one of those things. It's just once you know about it, it's kind of hard to ignore. It's right. just not enough people know about it. But internally, we all know about it. So we all use the products. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so what's next for the business? What are your goals for where this product's positioned, where your role is by 2025? Ooh, that's a good question. It's funny because we were actually just purchased last 18 months ago about a, from a VC firm um, in Denmark. Congrats. Which is, well, it was great because, I mean, we were uh, – you know, we were run by the founder beforehand and it was great because, you know, he was very passionate about it. But at the same time, we now have this infusion of of investment that we didn't have before. And it's really going to help us supercharge this message of educating people on ergonomics. Our company goal is to help three million people worldwide by 2025. Uh, that is right up there on the top line next to our revenue goals. I mean, from a from a C, the CEO down, you know, we are all in alignment on making sure that our main focus is helping people. So globally, by 2025, we want to get enough of that awareness, enough of that messaging of you know why ergonomics is important and why people should pay attention to it um, to make sure that three million people uh, have been helped by us in one way or the other through our products, through some of the you know, new stuff we're developing the, down the line that I can't necessarily talk about, but um, some exciting stuff that may not be hardware-based as well. Um, we want to we wanna kind of turn ergonomics from a thing that uh, it's like an orthopedic shoe, right? You think about orthopedic shoes, you're like, wow, that person has some sort of ailment and they have to wear this giant, ugly, clunky shoe around. That sucks for them. We want to turn ergonomics from that into like, oh man, yeah, I bought this because I, I care about myself. I want to protect myself. I want to make sure when I go home from work, I can play Frisbee with my dog or chop up some vegetables for a quinoa salad or whatever it may be without feeling pain and discomfort. So uh, the biggest thing is just how do we change, you know, how do we change people's minds? Um, and that's, that's really what we're working towards uh, for the next two, three years. So where can people find you and follow you as well as engage with the brand? Yeah, um, best place to find me is on LinkedIn. Um, that is where I, you know, try to share ergonomic educational content. It's not just ramming our products down people's throats. Um, I, I, the same for our our company's LinkedIn as well. We actually really want to recommit to thought leadership and education. Um, you know, that's one of the biggest things that we really want to make sure people understand is that you know we're not here just to sell your product we're here to make sure your life's better and we want to educate you on why um our website contourdesign.com is also a great place to see the products and you know scratch your head for a little bit as you wrap your mind around how they potentially work um but yeah if, if you know if you're someone your who's wondering contourdesign.com um and if you're you know if someone who's wondering why does my shoulder or neck hurt at the end of the day every day or you just want to see a cool product that could maybe make you better at what you do 
that'd be the place to check out. Well, it's certainly been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the Action and Ambition podcast, Mike. And I hope you'll come back and join us again as time passes and keep us updated as to how things are going. Yeah, Chase, it was awesome. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And I look forward to speaking soon. Have a great day. You too. Take care, both of you. Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host, Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe and go to andrewmetal.com for all the exclusive lessons, behind-the-scenes footage, and video content of the show. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition, and we'll see you on the next episode.